See, the intention of the Spirit is life and peace. The intention of the flesh, enmity toward God. Why? I want what I want for me when I want it. Just like Eve. I want to say, do what I want, and I determine whether it's good or evil. Nuts. You see? So the intention of the flesh is enmity toward God. It is not submitted to the law of God. It cannot be. By its nature, I'm out for what I want. Those in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in flesh, but in spirit, or in the flesh, in the spirit, if indeed, and this is the first time he mentions this, in this way, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, that one does not belong to him. So the whole crux. Huh? There was a great Russian saint, Serafim of Sadov. Great, he lived in the hermitage or in the woods in Russia. And then toward the end of his life, he came and lived closer to the monastery. He was a great man, you know. The monks would be getting ready, putting on their cowls to go into the office, and he'd be smiling and making pleasantries, and, you know, and they go, what are you doing that for? This is serious. He said, no, no, no. We should be happy going in to praise God. It's the old man. So, a newspaper reporter, very devout, wouldn't happen so much today, uh, went out to interview him. And he said to him, Father Seraphim, what is the secret of life? And Seraphim said, to acquire the Holy Spirit. That's the whole point of life. To acquire. And the word he used in Russian means acquire like in a business deal. You know, that kind of acquire as well. Get a hold of. Acquire the Holy Spirit. That's the meaning of life. That's absolutely correct. For those in the flesh cannot please God, but you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Well, how do you know that? Well, Mark the Hermit, and I know I've quoted this one before, how do you know? He said, how does a woman know she's pregnant? She feels the life within her. As we obey God, as we try and have a regular life of prayer, we get aware of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you have a kind of hunch and you do it, oh, that must have been the Holy Spirit. A little while, it's like, you know, the phone rings and you pick it up. It's your close friend. And they say, hello, hi. Right away you know who it is. That's discernment. The discernment based on familiarity. That's the way it can be with the Holy Spirit. If it's something serious, you're not going to go off on your own. You're going to check with a spiritual director or some wise person. You're not going to just say, the Lord told me to pick up and go to Afghanistan or something, you know. Maybe he did, but you better check it out. But for most of them, you see, uh, the idea is, you know. You see, uh, if one does not have the Spirit of Christ, that one does not belong to him. The Spirit of Christ, now he's saying, you notice? Now he moves from that, even. If, however, Christ is in you, because the Spirit of Christ creates what? The presence of Christ. Now, the body indeed is dead. That is, it's on its way to death. We're not going to do anything about that. We're going to die. Unless maybe we're around when the Lord comes back and 
Nobody's figured out yet exactly what happens to those people. Whether they die and come right back to life or whether they just die. But anyway, the spirit is, the, the body is dead because of sin. Not just your sin, the whole system. I mean, look at our system. With the television blaring out lies and falsehoods and pornography and blah. That's our, see? The body is dead because of sin, with that capital S, no, either one. But the spirit is life because of justice, because of righteousness. Who's the righteous person? The one who loves God and obeys him. Well, I don't know whether I do that. I'll give you a tip. Start praying a half hour a day, and you will get to know God, and you'll know. And after a while, especially if you have help from somebody, you'll be able to pick up, ooh, that's the Holy Spirit. I should act on that. Um, Okay? So, if the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will also give life to your death-directed bodies because of his indwelling Spirit in you. So that when we die, and the Spirit has been in our spirits and in our bodies, that body has been sealed, consecrated, anointed, and it will rise again. Because the Spirit's been there. It dies, but is not lost to the Spirit. Okay. So... I think we're going to finish the first 13 verses. This is the way the text. So then, brothers, we are debtors. Not to the flesh, so as to live according to flesh. For if you live according to flesh, you are going to die forever. If, however, by the Spirit you put to death the activities of the body, you will live. How come all of a sudden he goes from flesh to body? The activities of the flesh. Why doesn't he say that? Why does he say the activities of the body? I pondered about that a lot, you know? Because the body's not bad. It's the flesh, the drives, the emotions, the ego, all that. The body is fine. You know, it's into this body that the body of Christ comes. I think what he's getting at is the flesh are all these drives, okay? That inordinate drive for self-preservation, self-aggrandizement, self-protection. That's the flesh. Okay? Me, myself, and I. But the base of operations for the flesh is the body. So, that's why he puts the activities of the body. Because the activities of the body, if they're moved by flesh, they're death-directed. You say, that's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's, it's tough to always, you know, all the saints, like, I think it's Ignatius, somebody said, when, you know, when is this flesh going to die? And he said, about 15 minutes after we do. You know, it's a lifetime struggle. But it gets better. And uh, I'm going to give you a quote in a few minutes from John of the Cross about that. See? As if, however, by the Spirit, that is, your spirit, enlivened by the Holy Spirit, you put to death the activities of the body, you will live forever. Can you see how uh, 
I think I've mentioned this very famous spiritual director before, but that woman he checked out as such joy can only come from the Holy Spirit. He said, if you want to know where you are in in your walk with the Lord, how aware are you of the Holy Spirit? That's the best test. Because as you get more aware of the Holy Spirit, the freer you get. Why? Because then he has power. And he will put sin to death. Is it hard at times? Oh, Lord, yes. You know, you don't want to die of that stuff. I mean, you've had it your whole life. You're used to it. Anger, jealousy, whatever. All of them. You know? And pretty soon, it starts to be a kind of a freedom. Because they're being put to death. Well, who wants to put themselves to death? Nobody. But that's the way to life. Now, the trick, if that's the right word, is prayer. If you're praying and reading Scripture, you know how much we've done now with the Word of God, right? It's the Spirit that makes this Word alive for us. Then, uh, there's always that presence of the Holy Spirit. Even uh, in the great sufferings of physical suffering, uh, persecution, uh, spiritual darkness, all of that. There's something else going on. Uh, even Mother Teresa, who, you know, when the, one of the reporters asked her, Mother Teresa, what is it like to have great experiences of God in prayer? You know what she said? It has been so long, I have forgotten. She was living in darkness, sanctifying the darkness of this poor world. How many thousands of people were saved through that? We'll only know in heaven. But at the deepest, finest point of her soul, you know, the Holy Spirit was there. And so, while it didn't fill, he didn't fill the rest of her with consolation, it was like a little pilot light always burning very intensely and keeping the rest of her on fire. Even though it was so dark, if you've read any of the the accounts of those years, it was very dark for her. Uh, But that's because she's a modern. My friends, you know, we're brutes. You know, we think we do God a favor. We think about Him for ten minutes a day. You know, I mean, we're brutes. And one of the reasons that makes us brutal is that beloved television. Boob tube. Captivating. Even if what's on there isn't sinful, and I bet you 70% or more of it is, uh, sometimes when I'm at the gym, if the thing is going, the TV, and there's a soap opera on, it's astonishing. All the plot of all these soap operas, at least I haven't seen them all, I mean, thank God, is who's committing adultery with whom. That's the whole plot. You see that all day long? Pretty soon, your mind is corrupted. Even if you don't commit adultery, you've sullied your whole business, your whole life with this thing. See? So, if you put to death the activities of the body, what are you doing with your eyes? What are you doing with your nose? What are you doing with your mouth? What are you doing with your hands? What are you doing with your feet? Are they being driven by the flesh? This drive? Are they being driven by the Spirit? And if you are, then these activities, to which you are quite accustomed, you're putting them to death. 
Now, uh, I'm going to anticipate, because it's so beautiful, that we're, we're, we have, uh, we have 26 verses to go through next time. I hope we make it. But anyway, I wanted to read, um, John of the Cross saying, when you get there, this is what it's like. It's such a beautiful passage. He says, Although it is true that a person will hardly be found whose union with God is so continuous that his faculties without any form, any image, any, you know, without any form are always divinely moved. Nevertheless, there are those who are very habitually moved by God and not by themselves in their operations. Interior operations, not just exterior. They're moved by God 85% of the time. Can you imagine what that would be like? to be so docile in God's hands. What he could do with us? Want to work miracles? Miracles? Why not? Raise the dead? Do whatever? Because you know it's the Spirit. You're not worried about that. You see? Preach a homily and the whole church has a conversion. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Uh, you see? Uh, it's When the Spirit is there, I think I told you this story before, but um, when I met John the 23rd, we were all lined up, you know, and he came out to visit us at the student date. And I knelt before him and I said, hello, Pope. I didn't say much more because the, the ushers pick you up, get you out of there. But I was looking at him. I knew I was loved. Now, he never saw me before in his life. Where did that come from? The Holy Spirit in him was moving him to that kind of love because I was a human being, because I was a young priest, because I was... That was the Holy Spirit. I thought, wow... That's the way to go. That's the way to live. And so, um, who are very habitually moved by God and not by themselves in their operations, as St. Paul says, the children of God, those who are transformed in God and united with Him, are moved by the Spirit of God, that is, moved to divine works in their faculties, their thinking, their willing, their emoting. It is no marvel that the operations are divine. Divine operations in a human being. You see, since the union of the soul with God is divine, that's where we're going, folks. That's what he holds out to us. Amen.